Welcome in for another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. As you can tell already, we are having a good time here today. Um, It is March 31st. Uh, Just to go ahead and put this out there before we get into any conversation, we are on Judges 7 today. So we have moved out of the previous book of Joshua, and we are into Judges now. Um, We've, as you guys probably have been, we've been a little bit stir-crazy. Um with this different situation that we're living in right now, everybody trying to be stuck in their homes all the time and, uh. and keep their families safe. Um, so we're having a little extra fun today on the podcast. So um, bear with us and join in with us, actually. I know that you guys are home and you need it too. So join in the conversation. I know a lot of you already have on our Facebook Live. Um, if you're listening to just the audio version of this, you kind of miss out on that because this is a couple days after we've done this. But um, we are, just so you um listening on the audio and watching on Facebook Live, uh, Daniel is in his house. So we are FaceTiming with him right now. So we have him set up. If you're on Facebook Live, you can see him, but barely. He is to my right. I am grabbing his neck right now. I'm squeezing tightly, but um, I don't think I'm doing anything. But um, that's why his audio is a little bit different on the audio podcast, because he is coming to us live um, from his house. So anyway, he is uh, nice enough to join us. But I am Brent Smith. As always, your your host here, along with Daniel Yelverton, and then today we are joined by Tiffany Wiss, our AIM Student Ministries co-director. She directs with her husband. I know that you guys know that already. You, she's been on here quite a bit with us. And then Michael Miller as well as our eKids, our Kids Ministry director. Um, and we all wanted to come in and have a conversation today. We wanted like to I talk said, to grownups. That's right. A yeah. mature conversation. And we'll we'll limit Whoops. Michael's a little bit because he's having trouble pronouncing things today. So I'm going to we'll, have a problem with a taco minute. <laughs> We're going to limit him a little bit today. But um, anyway, guys, uh, thank you, as always, for joining us again on the Weekly Impact Podcast. Um, We are happy to be able to do this and provide for you. We hope that this is something that you're appreciating um, and learning and growing from and continuing to do so um, during this crazy time that we have right now that we're living in, where everything's kind of separated and distant. We want to continue to provide um, uh, resources for you conversations for you, inspiration for you, and just a place for you to go to kind of just talk and have a, you know, hang out, have a good time, but also continue your spiritual growth um, through this time because that's something that never needs to stop even if we can't get together in person. So um, we've we've personally been doing um, Facebook Lives. Uh, we've also been doing Zoom meetings. If you guys have ever used Zoom, that's a great resource at this time. I'm assuming that they are probably having to beef up their servers because so many people are doing Zoom meetings sure. right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, if you want to have meetings with people, not meetings, but if you just want to talk to people that you miss, um, with more, more options than just you and them on FaceTime, um, there are apps out there that you can get on your phone, like house party that provide, um, the opportunity to have multiple people kind of FaceTime in all at once. Zoom does the same thing for you as well. Um, it's usually used for like remote meetings for boardrooms and things like that, but it's being used for all kinds of, uh, resources and ways now. So, um, Reach out to the people that you love. See their faces, even if if you can't be in the same room with them right now. It's going to be very valuable as we continue to go forward in this time. So, anyway, hope you guys are doing well out there. And um, (laughs) (laughs) again, I haven't been around people (laughs) a lot. (laughs) So, so as I mentioned. (coughs) We are on, or in, whichever you want to say, Judges 7 today. So um, we're going to get into that reading in just a moment. But first, Daniel, from his house, is going to give us context on what we're getting into today as we're moving into the book of Judges. 
Yeah. All right. So this will be interesting. So we'll see how this this goes. But uh, <laughs> so uh, so yeah. So judges is kind of uh, there's an era of time between when Israel has kings to when they have kind of taken the promised land where you have basically these people these leaders kind of rising up and they're they're called judges uh, so they're not like a courtroom judge they're more of like military or political leaders and um, just so that doesn't get confused with our context um, but the big I bit I think the big theme in judges is that Israel has not uh, conquered the land of Canaan and so there is still inhabitants left and what's happening is the inhabitants have become, become this this thorn in Israel's side that kind of starts this cycle of Israel where they they sin and then they get like uh, they get conquered and so they get oppressed and then they cry out for deliverance God sends them a deliverer there's a time of peace which then ushers in a time of sin again and that cycle continues the entire book so every time a judge comes up there's peace in the land and then all of a sudden the judge dies and then sin kind of starts back up again and so that cycle is going to be kind of constantly going on and it goes from from okay to bad to really really bad and the book and you can kind of see the moral kind of collapse of Israel because they are following the, they're starting to assimilate and become more and more like the Canaanite people and become more and more like the Canaanite gods uh, or as how they how they worship and what's really interesting is that uh, if you look back into Joshua, you see them kind of like destroying all of these people groups and Canaanites. And you're like, why these, what, like it feels terrible. But then when you see how Israel's becoming, you see exactly what the culture was like. And you see that it's, it's violent. It's full of child sacrifice there. It's, it's might makes right. And the end of judges is probably the most disturbing uh, books of the like chapters of the Bible you will ever read. And it's really yeah. kind of a testimony to how terrible it really gets with Israel. And basically, uh, also you see God becoming more and more pushed out of the picture. And so the beginning of Judges starts out with like um, like several summaries of Judges, and then it goes into more character studies with Gideon, Jephthah, and Samson. We most, mostly know Gideon and Samson. Jephthah's kind of an interesting character too. And then it basically goes into, ends in uh, Israel having a civil war, a very bloody civil war. Uh, and so that's kind of what's happening here. And it's a transition between God still rescuing his people, his people abandoning him. And then ultimately what will end up happening in the end is they'll say that Israel had no king and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. You'll hear that, you hear that repeated a lot at the very end of Judges. And you'll see kind of what happens as Israel does what's right and everyone does what's right in their own eyes. And basically so many people get marginalized, murdered, uh, abused, taken advantage of. And so it's really terrible, but it's a it's a case study into humanity when God gets pulled out of the picture. Nice. All right. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. So before we get into the reading for today, um, I have uh, one. I just wanted to go through real quick the names of the people that are watching because we appreciate you guys. and We want to give you guys a little bit of recognition here. Uh, Mackenzie Schaus, uh, Lindsay Scott, Phil Nelson. Um, Daniel as Weekly Impact Podcast, apparently. Um, Jenny Allen, Megan uh, O'Rourke Wilson, Brian Carey, Loretta Stahl Nichols. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in um, and sticking with us through this. Um, if you would, take a moment and share this from your pages on Facebook, too, um, just so that we can reach more people. I know that there's a lot of people out there right now needing a conversation with some other people, so um, that's what we want this to be. So if you would, take a moment and share that. We'd really appreciate it. Also, um, 
Phil had asked us earlier to share today's yeah. winner of the pizza giveaway. Oh. So if you guys, I haven't been involved with that a whole lot. Will you guys fill everybody in on what the pizza giveaway entails? And then I can <laughs> say who the, the winner was. Yeah, Dan- Daniel will take that one too. Okay, Go for so, it, Daniel. You're so doing such the, a good job. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm here, so I'm not there, so you guys can just pass everything to me. Uh, so how it works is um, whenever we have our um, Let the Light In, um, which t- today couples as the Let the Light In. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, wow, that sounded really weird in my headphones. So uh, it was almost like a murderous person behind me. Um, and so, Open anyways. Open the window, dude. <laughs> I know. Let yeah, the light not going to do that. So uh, what it is is you comment on our, our Let the Light In devotional or on the uh, page that has the pizza. Uh, so there's uh, – or the post that we put that has the pizza that has like a comment on it or something on it. And we compile all of those and then uh, we choose a winner for each uh, day. So today, so the Weekly Impact Podcast is our Let the Light In. And so if you comment on this, you'll be entered into a drawing for tomorrow. And so uh, – so also, or also comment on the uh, uh, post that we put about the free pizza every day. Okay. And and also, if you're listening to the audio version that comes out on Tuesday, March 31st, just know that this is already passed um, for you guys. This is just a Facebook Live thing right now um, because we do record a couple days earlier. Um, but we still love you. But we do love you and <laughs> enter in. We're going to keep doing this, so continue to enter in things on March 31st and after. Um, but our winner for today was actually uh, my wife's cousin, um, Stephanie Streber Cochran. She was the winner of the pizza today. So um, congratulations, Yay. Stephanie, if you're watching or listening. If Woo-hoo. not, st- still congratulations. Um, she's Owen's uh, preschool teacher. Aw. Yeah, so my son goes to preschool, and she's she's his teacher there. So, so cool. Um, yeah, so I, we're like, and apparently she wins, like, everything. Because um, my <laughs> wife, when she saw that she won, mm. she was like, is there a contest yeah. you haven't won yet? She's like, the lottery, I've been waiting for that one. So, <laughs> Isn't that crazy, people like that that just win everything? Yeah. Apparently she's one of, one of those people. I, yeah, I'm not one of those people either. <clears throat> so either way, What's it, D- DJ Khaled, all I do is win. No matter what, what, what. Sorry, yeah, yeah. That's a little bit of soul. <laughs> Tiffany can't. Tiffany, do that I don't one. know if you have any soul. Yeah. But she was clueless because she has no soul. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, sorry, that was actually from the uh, Facebook Live before the podcast started. Michael uh, was being really mean. Yes. Michael Michael told Tiffany that she had no soul. So Yeah. yeah. Um, we all love today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. What's so, sad, sad is I have absolutely no talent whatsoever, and I pick on everybody. It's terrible. <laughs> Got no soul. All right, guys. So we will get into the reading for today now. Um, just refreshing my comments. Um, Ashley Cherry Holmes. Thank you for joining in as well. I see uh, um, she said, Tiffany, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friend's nose. I think she's referring to me. Yeah, so she's trying to pick it I again right now. I didn't see that until later. <laughs> like, I looked down and I saw, oh, Tiffany was trying to pick my nose because I had like yeah. a 30-second delay. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have no clue what's happening. <laughs> Uh, she also said, I appreciate that description, Daniel. I think when you were given the context, she said, I've spent a lot of time in the Old Testament the past several months seeing God's frustration with all the people and all the difficult things to read that you mentioned. It has me ready to read some Jesus enters the scene. That's yeah. for sure, especially with the yeah. current state of the world. That's true. Like I'm finding myself as, as we're doing this, um, uh, missing some of the Old Testament mm-hmm. uh, or the New Testament, I mean. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to it. I mean, there's there's still a lot of yeah. value in what we're doing. This will here make as you well. appreciate Jesus even more. Yeah. Because yeah. as, as we as we go through all these things, we see. You know, sorry sorry to, to kind of piggyback on what Daniel's saying with context, but judges, man, it shows 
like a mini version of the gospel over and over and over and over again. Because like yeah. the story of the gospel is really that people suck, right? And then we have a savior <laughs> that saves us. Come to church, guys. That's I mean that's that's it. And and in judges. People suck, and then they God sends them a judge. They, they he saves them. They they win battles, and then like Daniel said, it goes over and over and over again. So it's it's like a retelling of the of of God saving us over and over again. The difference is that Jesus is like the perfect judge. Like Jesus, yeah, Jesus actually does fix things. But but mm-hmm. as we go through judges, the judges get worse and worse and worse and worse. So we see like. Like a foretelling of Jesus, but it's not as good as Jesus. Yeah. And the whole Old Testament does that over and over. I mean, we see that with Moses Mm -hmm. and we see that with Joshua. We see it with David. And like we see all these guys that these kings and stuff that come onto the scene and it's gonna be awesome. And and they win some battles and they save, you know, Israel and oh, and then people suck again. You know? And I and I think it's um I mean, Michael, you make a great point there is that Really, the, the, the issue is the heart of man. Like, you know, and that's the problem is that, like, no savior comes, no king comes and actually completely redeems humanity because humanity has a flaw from the start. Like, we just have something internally that we, uh, that causes us to continue that cycle. And so, Judges puts that front and center that it seems like they just keep going back in this repetitive cycle of not mm-hmm. being able to do what's right. Kind of like what Paul laments about, about his own humanity in Romans. Uh, seven, where he says, you know, I can't do what I want to do. I know what I want to do, but I can't do the right thing that I want to do. Who can save me from this body of death? And ultimately Jesus. And Jesus is the one that gives us that heart transformation that we can actually uh, become who we were intended and created to be. The cool thing with Jesus, I know we got to get in the script reading the scripture, but the cool thing about Jesus is that we don't have to wait for someone else anymore. The work has already been done. Mm. So it's not like we're waiting for someone else to come and to conquer. Now all we have to do is get our hearts right with the person who, with God, who already has come, who already has conquered. So Jesus effectively ends the cycle. And now all we have to do is work on our relationship with him. What? Really? We don't need to worry about who's going to be the next president? Because that's (laughs) going to fix everything? That's pretty much, yeah. Savior complex. But I think what's interesting too is that like, uh, is that, I, I, whenever I read the Old Testament, especially when it's about all these battles and things like that, what I try to pull out is what's going on spiritually in my heart because the the spirit like the spiritual side is a the physical side right here the physical things that are going on is a window to the spiritual stuff right and so we can read about like Gideon and read about his character flaws and read about his mistakes and pull it out and kind of extrapolate that into our own life even though we can't necessarily relate to the mass murder and all kinds of stuff that's going on in this book that we can't really relate to because our society has been Hey, you know, I don't know. I don't know how things go down in Wilmington, but where I'm, where I'm sitting, it's it's fine right here. But uh, but anyway, so it's like it's like you know. So I think that helps in reading the Old Testament when it gets really bloody and really terrible and just kind of like like really dark. Is one there is a darkness inside of us. You know, this is their their condition that they had. He's either he's thinking him? really hard or uh, we lost him. <laughs> Last what? thing we heard was their condition that they had. We lost you for a second. Yeah. Um, I'm back now. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, their condition that they have is. is... God does not <laughs> want him to say this, guys. <laughs> Somebody doesn't. What? <laughs> it cut out again. The condition that they had and go. The condition. Okay. The condition that they had. 
is that they're, I, I don't know if I should keep going. All right. The condition that they have is that their heart is flawed, just like ours. Okay. Right. And so uh, I think where our society is very different from this society is that honestly, the teaching of Jesus has radically changed the world and the way its view of morality and the value of life. Yeah. This is pre Jesus. And this is where we see what, uh, where the principle, if the principles of God are not there, this is what humanity looks like. And so it makes me so thankful that one, we live in post Jesus world where we're saved from our sin and we have that transformed part of our heart, but also that has bled over into our society in that we have more morality, although we still have a very dark world that we sure. live in. But it's so much different from this world because uh, of the value of the human life and the capacity to love other people and sacrifice and serve other people, which was all that Jesus stood for. Yeah. Awesome. That's good stuff. So, um, guys, uh, Ashley Cherry Holmes, Ina Mogul, Gloria Shelton has tuned in as well. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Uh, stick around with us. Join in the conversation. We want this to be an outlet for you guys. We want you to be a part of the conversation. Um, for right now, we're going to take a quick pause, and we're going to go into and actually read through the Scripture. Um, this is the part where we read through it now, and then after the fact, I go in and I edit in the Dwell app. And speaking of the Dwell app, before we get to that today, um, if you guys didn't see the announcement that we did Sunday before last— um, about the Dwell app um, that we use on this this podcast. If you listen to the audio version, um, you know that we throw to that every week for the weekly uh, reading of the scripture. That app uh, is usually available through subscription. It's only like $2 a month. But right now through this time, um, the company has made it available for entire congregations of churches to access it for free. So it's an awesome awesome tool that you can use every day to get your daily scripture in. Um, I, as I've said on here before, I'm much more of an audio learner than I am in a reading learner. So for me, it's a great, uh, great thing. You can choose different versions of the Bible. They have different voices, male and female, different accents, reading the Bible with music playing behind it. Um, it makes it a really cool experience. So anyway, the Dwell app, if you guys want to check that out for yourselves, um, we have an account set up under my name, um, and if the only like the way that you can get to it, it's really easy. You just go to our website to the homepage. It's myelevationcc.org. That's myelevationcc.org. And on the homepage, we have a link right up at the top that says um, Dwell App or subscribe to Dwell App or whatever it is. You click on that link and it'll take you to it so you can sign up. And, it'll, and you'll get signed up and download the app and you'll be ready to go for free for 60 days while all this crazy coronavirus stuff's going on. It's another resource for you. So um, we were happy to be able to provide that through the Dwell um, company. So anyway, hopefully you guys like that and go take advantage of it. All right, you guys. So let's get into our reading from the Dwell app today for Judges 7. We'll be right back. Then Jeroboam, that is, Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was north of them, by the hill of Morah in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, The people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then twenty-two thousand of the people returned, and ten thousand remained. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Take them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. 
and any one of whom I say to you, This one shall go with you, shall go with you. And any one of whom I say to you, This one shall not go with you, shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set by himself. Likewise, everyone who kneels down to drink, and the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was three hundred men. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink water. And the Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred men who lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hand. And let all the others go, every man to his home. So the people took provisions in their hands and their trumpets. And he sent all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, but retained the three hundred men. And the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. That same night the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterward your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outposts of the armed men who were in the camp. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east lay along the valley like locusts in abundance, and their camels were without number, as the sand that is on the seashore in abundance. When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade, and he said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat. And his comrade answered, This is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given into his hand Midian and all the camp. As soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped. And he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. And he divided the three hundred men into three companies and put trumpets into the hands of all them and empty jars with torches inside the jars. And he said to them, Look at me, and do likewise. When I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then blow the trumpets also on every side of all the camp, and shout, For the Lord, and for Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch when they had just set the watch, and they blew the trumpets and smashed the jaws that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the jaws. They held in their left hands the torches, and in their right hands the trumpets to blow. 
And they cried out, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Every man stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran. They cried out and fled. When they blew the three hundred trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against all the army, and the army fled as far as Beth Shittah toward Zerorah, as far as the border of Abel-Meholah by Tabith. And the men of Israel were called out from Naphtali and from Asher and from all Manasseh, and they pursued after Midian. Gideon sent messengers throughout all the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and capture the waters against them as far as beth and also the Jordan. So all the men of Ephraim were called out, and they captured the waters as far as beth and also the Jordan. And they captured the two princes of Midian, Oreb and Zeeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and Zeeb they killed at the winepress of Zeeb. Then they pursued Midian, and they brought the heads of Oreb and Zeeb to Gideon across the Jordan. So, that's our reading for today from Judges 7. Um, a lot more subject matter than we've had for kind of a little bit of uh, time. Yes. So, what do you guys want to get into first from this? There's a lot of stuff. I, I, Besides can I just the decapitations. Say that, <clears throat> yeah. Can I say that uh, if Gideon ha- had a, ba- uh, I guess, a basketball team maybe, and he had Michael Jordan as a star, they would oh. be the loaves. Oh, like, 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 think about, like, it's a loaf of <sighs> barley, right? So, imagine, like, you being, like... <laughs> Like that was that was what you were symbolized as, right? So like some people are tigers or you know whatever it is, and we're a loaf of barley, right? So okay, I thought I thought that was pretty funny. So that, you know that's his symbol. This guy. <laughs> so any moms out there that are watching today, this is a great if you're just trying to find something to do with your kids. What a great story to share with your kids because when I was reading this earlier I thought I got so excited because this was one of my favorite Bible stories when I was a little girl I just always loved the story I loved how God took from you know how many men were there at the beginning three like 22 30 no 32,000 yeah Yeah, 32,000 to 300 and I always loved how he made them go and drink the water and the ones that you know you know it was the ones that lapped water like a dog which I can't figure that out those that are means the ones they, that stayed, right? Yeah. yeah so, so, so that's Michael. something that I struggled with. Like, okay, God is like, hey, all you civilized people that drink water like out of a cup, you all can go home, but you guys that go like, <laughs> you guys can say like, what? <laughs> so, Michael, it's not that. They, so, what it is is it's it's uh, the guys that would lean over into the water. They were kind of like completely exposed because they were focusing on drinking the water from yeah. the stream. The ones that lap it up would scoop it in their hand and then yes. they would drink it down their so mouth they the so they could see what was going on. So they were more alert and they were more. So I, I, the lapping part's a little confusing. Like that part just sounds really we're gross and disgusting. Like but that's the way they, they would they would scoop it up and then they would could still you know, have like their their spear in hand or something like that and be vigilant. 
That's what I always thought too, Daniel. That's what I got from the story. I just thought it was sure because they were more like wild animals and he just knew that they'd be awesome in battle. <laughs> the I other part I always story. loved, which is weird that I love this story because I was a little girl, you know, it's like a battle story. But mm-hmm. anyway, I always loved the fact that they all ended up like killing each other. Like I always just thought that was kind of funny. Like, awesome. <laughs> That's great. I yeah. mean, yeah, I was... Uh, now, now that I'm saying all this out loud, I'm kind of like, maybe I need to talk to now somebody. Now that I heard myself say that, like, I sound Well, crazy. that sounded good up here, yeah. and then it came out. And Never then mind, they, oh. moms. Don't do this. Don't, don't now that it's not just in get. my head anymore. I don't know. I just always you know, thought, though, I always thought hey, it was Hey, he said neat, you though. had no soul, so. Uh, I, maybe. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was I feel neat, so though. bad for joking about that I now because trying, I'm never going to live that down. I'm trying to bring it back in. But I always thought it was really neat how God took it from this huge army down to just 300 men. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's just a reminder of, you know, in life, sometimes we just don't think we have enough. You know, we compare ourselves, you know, to other people or we might look at our church and say, oh, our church isn't as big as that church. But, you know, God, will you, you, we feel like we need to have all these people and all these resources when God's like, no, you've got me. You don't. I got one for you, Tiffany. This one, this is something that, I have more questions than answers in this chapter. Yeah. Because that's how my mind works. So oh, you're man. right. God oh, no. God takes these guys from like 30 something thousand down to 300. And the reason for it, God, you know, tells us the reason that is that look, I want it to be known that this is me doing it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mm-hmm. want men to have the praise. I I want you all to know that I am the savior. I'm the one that's doing this, mm-hmm. right? But then we get down and we find out the people are like, uh, praise God and Gideon. I'm like well, that defeats the purpose. Like, what are you, what are you people doing? Well, it's you know interesting, what? is because it, it's not that God told Gideon to right, say it that. Was that was dream. Gideon yeah. giving the instructions, and you'll start to see that's like the beginning of Gideon's character flaws. That's kind of like, what I was thinking. The next chapter and beyond, you see Gideon basically spoiling, going bad as a leader. And so, like, I think this is part of it is that he he kind of is one foot in, one foot out when it comes to like uh, the Lord and the Lord getting all the glory uh, and him also kind of serving his own selfish needs. And so you'll see that a lot in the next chapter. And so I think that that's, that's not the Lord. I think this, that you bring up a good point though, Michael, because like you see that these guys aren't perfect, right? They're really flawed individuals, but the Lord still uses them. Right. And so it's like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. When the spirit of God, (laughs) it's unnecessary. When the, when the, But you see, like the spirit of God kind of empowering these people. And what's really important to know is that God is not endorsing or condoning their activity, but he's using them because ultimately his goal is to is to uh, create a people that his son, that the savior of the world could come through. And so this is all about preserving the people. And so he uses very flawed individuals here. Yeah. And so it's not that God is condoning their actions and he's kind of given them the ability to kind of choose. Like, so Gideon said for the Lord and for Gideon, that wasn't the Lord's instructions. And so I think that that's, that's a point that kind of comes out is that God is taking broken people and he's taking these people and using them to accomplish his plan and purpose even though they're not really the best people to yeah. follow or the best people to really mimic and follow and pattern our lives after 
So, uh, so anyways, I think that's kind of part of what we see here in Judges too, is that uh, God will still work with what he's been given, I guess. That's, that's a great point because something that I see from um, atheists and, and you know people that just want to argue with me and all of us about some of these difficult passages we find in the Bible, we do have to look at the, the, the context because what's his name? Jephthah? Is that his name? Jephthah. Yeah, yeah. Jephthah. The dude yep. that like, the basically the story with that, and I forget what chapter that's before or after this, but it's what, after. Yeah. what he ends up doing is he promises God that like he'll sacrifice to him the first thing that greet him, greets him at the gates of his house when he gets done with his battle, right? And go figure, he wins, and what greets him? <laughs> his daughter. So he sacrifices his daughter. Now there there are arguments of whether what that means or whether he sac- sacrificed like whether she would you know grow up and have kids or whether he literally sacrificed her. To me, it doesn't matter. Th- that was wrong, right? That, that wasn't cool. But what happens is people read the Bible and, and they see stories like that. And they're like, see, this is messed up. This is in the Bible. God wanted God wanted this guy to sacrifice his daughter. Like what what kind of God is this? And, and like, like mm-hmm. you know, but God didn't tell him to do that. Yeah. And, and, that was and, him. and Gideon here, we, we, as you say, we continue to see Gideon make some mistakes like the stuff with the fleece. That, that's not like a that's not like a cry out for us to to try to test God with a fleece and see if it gets wet or whatever. Like that, that was a flaw of Gideon's not a strength of Gideon. So we see all these flaws of these judges and spoiler alert, it gets worse through each judge. Once we get to the end of this thing, when you guys continue reading this, you're going to be like, Oh my goodness, these guys are terrible. Right. Yeah. And and it's not that God is commanding them to be terrible. The whole story, the, the context is we're seeing how they really need a savior. You know, they'll get a king first, but they really need a savior. These judges aren't it. And and God can work through even flawed vessels. But the flaws and the mess-ups are the whole point. So instead of saying like, hey, you know, no, God is commanding them to do these terrible things. It's like, no, the point is, look at these terrible things these people are doing. You know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. we got to get the context right sometimes and realize it's not God doing bad stuff. It's humans doing bad stuff. And keep in mind, all these leaders back then, they were kind of missing something that we have today, and that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they were living in a really, really hard time and they didn't have the Holy Spirit. You know, I what's interesting about, about that, that, Tiffany, is is in the scripture, we see there are a few spots where it says like, the, I forget how they word it, but like how the spirit of the Lord enters them. And then we see the right things happen. Yeah. So like these instances mm-hmm. where the spirit like works through them, mm-hmm. then that's way different than who they are. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think what's also really uh, interesting here is that... Um, uh, is how Gideon, how the Lord speaks to Gideon's weaknesses and tries to continue instill courage into him. So one thing that we've seen kind of threaded throughout Gideon's story is that he's fearful, right? That yeah. he's he's a, he's afraid. That's why he goes in the middle of the night and knocks down his family idol, and then his and then his dad has to defend him to the to the people. And then he's afraid of whether God's going to go with him or not. And so that's when he throws his you know his sweater out on the lawn and then you know <laughs> figures out what's God's will is. <laughs> I love how you just said that. It's awesome. And and so well, that's kind of what it is, right? Yeah, and so yeah. and so now you even see God already knowing that Gideon is going to be fearful about what he's going to face and he already gives a Midianite a dream and then through the power of God gives like the the interpretation. A Midianite interprets exactly what's going to happen to instill courage into Gideon. And to me that's like man God is like sovereignly working and he knows us. Like he knows us in 
individually. He knows our needs. He knows the things that we're facing. And he's working around us to continue to instill not only his his identity into us, like what he's speaking into us, but also giving us the courage to face what we have going on around us. Yeah. I have um, a little, like, I never really looked at it like that before, Daniel, but I actually have a little bit of a um, personal story. Like God, God does that stuff all the time. So for me, I won't go into a lot of details and I'll keep it short, but um, God gave me um, like a burst of like very vivid visions, like five of them all together about my calling and what I'm supposed to do with the worship ministry as I lead it and different things like that a few years back. And um, he knew that if he showed it to me, all up front and made me understand everything right away that I would not know that it was from him. And I would think that it was me just wanting that or thinking that. Um, So what he did to me is he gave me four of the five visions. He let me know what they meant, but the most important one, I had no idea, no clue what it was. And I had to take it to somebody else who's a very uh, trusted um, person that I know that we know that deciphers dreams and visions. And she brought it back to me and and she told it Confirm. to me, and it all locked in and made sense. Um, and I wouldn't have had the confidence to move forward with certain things had that not happened because I would have been afraid it was just me thinking it. Yep. So mm-hmm. um, that that same kind of thing has happened in my life. So I can you know I can verify that that he is still doing that for people today. Um, so yeah, just really really cool. Um, just a little sh- uh, personal story about what, something God did. I, I mm-hmm. want to also look back at something Tiffany was talking about earlier about the excitement and stuff of like the war and, and the killing and stuff. And like when we're kids that, well, when we're kids that, that, that that's fun, like exciting stuff to read about because that's like our stories are about those kinds of conflicts and fun and, and, and battles. But when you grow up that, that can be tough. Cause you're, when you read these things, you're like, man, God's commanding these folks to like basically commit genocide. Like what in the world is going on? And I know I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but I want to mention this again because I think we need to understand what's actually happening here so we can have some peace about it because again you'll hear people argue that god's evil because of this so let's mm-hmm. let's let's go there for just a moment i want you to think when you hear these dark stories what would have happened if god had not acted in the way that he acted so when you hear the the flood of noah what would have happened if god hadn't flooded the world well the world was violent and and Lamech, which was like the really super violent dude in that, in, you know, in chapter six or whatever of Genesis, instead of Noah surviving, Lamech would have survived, and 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 the entire human civilization would have been reborn with like the the, the most violent guy winning. And imagine what we'd be like if that had had survived instead of Noah. Mm-hmm. Like, and these so these stories in Judges and in Joshua, and you know, and and keep on going back and through the scriptures that we've read. God promised that he would never flood the world again. He didn't want to just destroy everybody ever again, right? So inst- so he had to wipe out the entire cancer of, of it's almost like, like chemotherapy. He had to just wipe it all out at, at, at once and just start over with Noah. Well, then, instead of wiping out all of humanity, he finds the cancerous spots and removes them. Because if some of these, if some of these tribes had continued to flourish... Could you imagine what would have happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so these people that that God commands—I don't think that God is like cheering it on, like, "Yes, I just can't wait to kill these people." People, I'm so excited! Woohoo! I, I think it's more of a—I uh, think it's something that that God would have grieved having to do. Mm-hmm. 
Now, that might not be the perspective of the people doing it because they're ancient peoples and they're like, yes, battles. Yes, awesome. But I think that God would have been grieved by having to do this. But if he hadn't wiped out these these cancerous cells of humanity, could you imagine what the world would be like today? We know what the world already is like. Could you imagine what it would have been like if if God hadn't acted? So... My point is, is when you read these difficult scriptures, instead of being just judgmental and saying, well, God is evil. No, pause and think, what would have happened if God hadn't acted? How much more evil would have happened if God hadn't acted? Yeah, there's a there's a series called uh, I think it's the man in the high castle where it's basically like the allies lose World War Two and then everything becomes you know, controlled by Nazi Germany and by the emperor in Japan. And what it basically does, it gives us a window into what life becomes like if Nazi Germany wins, right? And so I don't think in our context, we would not be, we don't, we don't sit there and think God is cruel for getting rid of Hitler and getting rid of the Nazi Germany for the fact that they killed 7 million Jews in the Holocaust and started a world war that killed millions of people, right? We, we don't think like, why would God do that? Like, that's so terrible that God would do that. And I think because we realize that there's there's parts of, of humanity that become so evil, that become so fixated on the destruction of other people around them to elevate nationalism or whatever it may be. And so like this, uh, and so when you see something like that and it's crazy because like euthanasia becomes totally fine and so all the older people get uh, in this in this series there's a scene where it looks like snow's coming down but it's actually the ashes of people that are being burned being euthanized because they're old and it's like it's like that's awful how could that ever possibly exist but that's exactly what the whole kind of nazi kind of thing worked was like if you were weak or if you were a kind of a drain to society they just killed you they got rid of you and so like that is like like we don't lament that or think like God is terrible for getting rid of that. And so I think that kind of gives us a window a little bit into how terrible these people were. Because if you look back in Judges chapter 6, you see that Midian was stealing all of the food from the Israelites and they were literally on the brink of starvation. Everyone was starving because Midian would take everything that they ever had. Yeah. And so this is – Israel is going completely – to be wiped out as a whole nation because of and starving to death because they can't stop the Midianites from taking their food. So, so I want to encourage us to 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 do what Tiffany did a few minutes ago. Like what was interesting is she reflected back to when she was a child. She thought about <laughs> like how she interpreted the Bible as a child, and then as an adult, she goes, "Wait a minute, yeah, you know that's really so, bad." So I think I think that's what we can all do. We we can all take go from that like that vision of what's happening as a child. And then as, as we grow up, we can kind of see it, see it in a different light and see, wow, God is actually doing something good here. And even though it's complicated, you know, so we can kind of grow in our wisdom, like, like, like you've shown, right? And it's kind of like childlike faith, right? Yes. Because when you're a child, you don't go into it that deep. You're just like, oh yeah, God protected them. Look, God worked it all out. They only had 300 men. They didn't even have to do anything. God took care of it because you know, they ended up killing each other. So when you're a kid, you're just kind of like, oh, look how God takes care of us. But then when you're an adult, then you're like, ooh, God, that's bad. Like, is God bad? And it just kind of goes back to the whole childlike faith. My my hope, this is what I love about the Bible, is is as it's like you're saying as a child you get you get that childish kind of mm-hmm. thought and then and then like when you're 
I don't know, 39. <laughs> you, you I don't have, know about you. I'm 29. <laughs> you have these thoughts. My my hope is that Wrong. when I'm my hope is that when I'm 79, that I'll read the same scripture and that God can bring something even deeper. And that's what's beautiful about scripture is that the the more that we grow, the more that we can learn with these with the you know with the scriptures. I just I think it's brilliant. I love what God does in these scriptures. I know I love how the Holy Spirit always like you'll hear a story you've heard again and again, and then He'll bring something fresh on that. Like today, my son was doing his homeschooling and he was listening to a Bible story on a video, and it was about David, and when he was waiting um, to find you know when he was just out in the field with his sheep, and he had all that time. And this is before, this has been pre-taped like a year ago. So no corona was going on at that sure. time. And they were talking about how God, or David could have chosen to have done any, sorry, this isn't Judges oh, it's, it's 7. It's okay. It's good. But um, they talked about how David could have filled his time. He could have filled his days in multiple ways, right? Like he was just out in a field with sheep. So he could have, you know, he could have worked out, tried to get really strong. There. You know, so many things he could have done to fill his days, but he chose during that time to fill his days with the Lord. He chose to play his harp and worship the Lord and pray to God. And in that waiting time, he didn't know it, but God was preparing him to be the king. And Hmm. so it just made me think today, like, I've heard that story. I know David spent all that time in his childhood, you know, protecting his sheep, but you know, God spoke to me today and was saying, you know, during this time, we're all in a waiting right now. And how are we all choosing to spend our time? Mm. Are wow. we choosing to, which I'll admit I'm guilty. Like I laughed and Lainey shared with me this thing on Facebook. It was making fun of um, a stay at home mom that was like, I'm going to spend this time doing all these things. And then you keep hearing the office um, music playing, showing she's just sitting there <laughs> watching Netflix. <laughs> but um, I've been guilty of, you know, trying to like, oh, I'm going to spring clean my house. And, you know, I'm going to do all these things, which I'm not saying it's mm. bad to have goals. Like we need to clean our home. But, you know, I think number one on our priority list should be I'm going to spend more time with the Lord Yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. now because, you know, this is a winter season when we're all kind of stuck at home, but God is working and he's preparing us all for something. Maybe not like King David where we're, you know, going to be king, but God's preparing something in each one of us. That directly applies to this because to this chapter. And I'm glad that I'm glad that you mentioned that because it reminded me of something I wanted to say that I just totally forgot about. There were tons of people, thousands of people that were told to sit the bench, just like how right now we're kind of sitting the bench. Yeah. You know, we, we see all these people that they, they, they wanted to fight. Now, now there were like, what, 10,000 or whatever that said, like, nope, I'm going home. Right. right? <laughs> but there were thousands of people that, that wanted to be part of this, of this fight. They, they wanted to serve God and they wanted to serve this army. They wanted to do what they were called to do, but they just drank water the wrong way. Right. I know we could say, okay, they turn their backs or whatever, but like they were willing to fight, but God's like, nope, you got to sit the bench. Now this is an untold story. We don't know what happened to those people, but, but what do you do when, when you are a God fearing person that you're, you're a Christian, you're, you're doing the right things. And God says, Hey, um, I need you to sit the bench. What do we do with that? How, and right now, well, we all want to be out and about and serving God in different ways. And, and now is like, God's like, nope, you're going to have to you know, do Facebook live and, and kind of sit at your house and hang out with your kids. Yeah. What will you do? You know, I think that's, that's, that, that, that's a good application for right now. 
just like these thousands of people that were told this at the bench right now, while you're sitting at the bench, what will you do? I honestly, I, you know, I, I know that's a rhetorical question, but for me, <coughs> what I'm sensing the answer is, is, um, rest and spend time with God, spend time with your family and yeah. prepare because yes. the activation is coming. Mm-hmm. This is going to end sometime and we're going to go out or it's not going to end and we're going to have to go out anyway. Sure. Yep. So it's mm-hmm. coming. The activation yeah. is coming. So take this time to rest and prepare mm-hmm. for the activation for when it comes. That's let what the I'm light sensing. in and let the light in <laughs> in this time. Correct. Right. <laughs> I think I think, Michael, what you bring is a good point of what not to do. And you'll see that in the next chapter is that there's a group of uh, Israelites called uh, from Ephraim that uh, complained to Gideon because they weren't there for the initial battle in the glory, right? And, and so I think that we can look at see like what not to do is to sure. look at all of the negative things and all the times that we've either been slighted, left behind, mm. um, the, where the discontentment can kind of settle in because it causes all kinds of issues from that. And, and uh, I was reading um, in the Jesus Calling today about about thankfulness, um, about being, uh, like, like take time to be thankful because when we're not thankful, then we begin to see God's sovereignty as not as sovereign as it actually is. And we, we misjudge God and his character because we think that he, we can't, we're not thankful for the situation that he's in because we think our situation's worse off. God's not sovereign enough. God's not good enough kind of things like that. And so I think that in a time like now where there's a lot of change going on is really like hone in and pursue, all right, what can I be thankful for now in this season? Maybe it is spending more time with family, even though it might be hard because your kids might be driving you up the wall. We have a lot of challenges with, 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 with Judah. And when, and then like, you know, we've been kind of in self quarantine just cause I got sick like a week and a half ago. And so it's been fun. Um, but, um, but anyway, and so it's like, so now like, okay, Okay, I could just complain about that or I could see, all right, what is what what can God do in this moment and how can I be thankful for like what's going on right now? So I think intentionally pursuing thankfulness really helps us in this season. Like just like David, like David got anointed king and he went back out to the field, right? And so there was a period between like 16 years old to 40 when he finally became the king of Israel, 23 years where he was not being able to do exactly what he felt like God was calling him to do. But that never stopped him from being the man that God designed him to be. And he wasn't perfect. He was flawed in the whole process, but I feel like he had a conviction that he knew that God was good and that he could trust him no matter what. And he was thankful for that. And so I think that that's a huge, uh, calling for us as, as individuals to, to really search our heart in this, in this time and say, okay, Lord, how can I just be thankful in this season? Yeah, that's awesome. And guys too, I know, I know you guys are home. I know that you're, um, hopefully spending time with God and wanting to, um, to develop more of a relationship with him. You want to see somebody that burned for God, read David's story. I mean, he, you know, God called him a man after my own heart. Um, if you want an example of worship and you want an example of devotion to God, um, look at David. Um, don't, mm-hmm. don't look at everything that he did because as, yeah. as uh, Daniel just mentioned, he was very flawed and, um, but God still had such a heart for him because he had such a heart for God. So um, if you're looking for an example for just a passion and the relationship and the intimate relationship that we can have with God, um, look at David for that. That's one of the reasons why I, <laughs> that you know that the Bible's true. Because if you look at, and I've read some of the other scriptures, they tend to sometimes glorify, you know, their their heroes. 
in the Bible, man, it really shows weaknesses yeah. of people. You know, G- Jesus never sinned, but like one thing I, I was thinking about um, this past week is how Jesus in the garden, when he's praying, I think we, one of our conversations we were talking about this, how Jesus in the garden, like he, he even prays for a moment that the cup would be taken from him. Yeah. Like we even see the human side of Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. He, he returns to that and he's like, no, but your will be done. Right. But so I'm not saying that he was wrong, but like we even see like Jesus in, 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 in a human moment, you know? Absolutely. We, we see, we see Jesus in, in, um, when, in the wilderness when he's being tempted that he, that he hungered, like Satan went after you know, things that he could go after with Jesus. And mm-hmm. I just love how the Bible does this. And like you said, with David, we see his flaws here with Gideon and we see his flaws. All, all of these people that, that could be heroes, we see that they're not perfect and that they're flawed. That's something I love about the Bible, that you can actually connect with it instead of putting people on such a high pedestal. I mean, look at Peter. You know, he denies Jesus. All these things, that's one of the reasons I, I that I think is an evidence for the Bible ha- being truth, that it's not just some yeah. manufactured story. We see the flaws in our heroes, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's history. Hey, and Brent, I think this was, you talked about like a heart of worship that David had. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back to where in verse 15, where Gideon, he, when he heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord, right? So like he's getting ready to go into battle, right? But he's still recognizing God's plan and purpose, God working and, and speaking to his heart, and he stops to worship. And I, I think that's really awesome because I think that like it's it's easy for us to for God to speak to us kind of throughout the day or give us something to kind of go like uh, to kind of like oh this really ministered to me and then just kind of carry on. Uh, but I think that there is something to to be said here about pausing, stopping, and worshiping uh, and, and acknowledging that moment before the Lord. And I think now with since everything slowed down so much, I think we have a lot of opportunities to do that uh, to recognize God moving and then pausing to worship. We do. I agree. I personally, um, I need to take more time and do that. I've, you know, still have tasks and all that kind of stuff to do. And I've been letting that, um, take a lot of my time. And, um, I personally just, you know, to admit that freely because we're talking about flaws. Um, I'll freely admit that I haven't been spending as much time as him as I should. I've spent some time with him, but not nearly as much. And, um, I've had that problem too. Yeah. That's something I need to take out of this today and go home and apply that even more. Um, so guys, as we finish up, is there anything, any more points that you want to get to real quick before we finish up as we, as we go out? I don't know. I think maybe we hit the, the, the important stuff. Okay. What do you got, Dan? I think, uh, well, Phil shared, uh, pastor Phil, uh, shared, uh, Colossians 3.16, and I just wanted to read that real quick. It says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Mm. And then it says, and whatever you do, this is verse 17, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So in other words... (laughs) Don't be like these, the Israelites that that went on and and were whining about. <laughs> instead of whining about not being part of the battle and 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 not, don't be like Gideon who was, you know, saying like, "Hey, yay for me!" Instead, be humble and and let Jesus in and worship. Mm-hmm. Like instead of worshiping yourself, worship Jesus. Like you know, let God fill you and then praise Him instead of you know praising yourself. Is that kind of yeah. what you're? And be thankful. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and let it fill our hearts. Like yeah. let the mess, let the richness of, uh, of Jesus and his message fill our hearts constantly. Open yeah. up the window. Oh, <laughs> Phil, the also, Phil also just texted me and he said, read verse 15. So I got to go back one. Yeah. I saw that he shared uh, Colossians 16 and then he said Colossians three fifteen. I meant. Um, oh, well, I thought that still applied. <laughs> I thought that was good. Yeah. And he <laughs> also right. said, thankfulness is the entering into a heart of worship. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 15, nice, it Ashley, says up in and out. Yes. It is let the peace that comes from Christ uh, rule in our hearts, for we are members of one body who are called to live in peace and always be thankful. I think, that's, I, I think that's a good place to end it. Guys, Tiffany, if you're watching on the Facebook Live, uh, Tiffany had to head out, and so we will go ahead and wrap up anyway. That has, uh, I said a stopwatch a little while ago. I wanted to stop it about 10 minutes in, and we were about 19 minutes in on that stopwatch that I set too. So um, I, I honestly, during this time, I don't feel like we need to uh, rush anything. You know, I don't feel like we need to um, no. um, necessarily on this podcast uh, try to stick to our 35 or 40 minute rule or whatever. Um, I don't want to make something that's so long that you guys get bored and don't want to listen to it. Um, hopefully that wouldn't happen. But um, I want to continue to have conversations with you guys and go for a while. So anyway, that's what we did. Um, we'll go ahead and get out of here today. Um, thank you to Tiffany for joining us. Um, thank you, Michael, for joining us. Thank you for Daniel for joining us as well. Um, well, why don't you guys pray for us to finish up today as we yeah, get out of here? Yeah, I'll lead us in prayer. Thank you. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, first we thank you. I know it's weird right now. Uh, all the craziness is happening, and we have tons of requests, but Lord, help us not to forget to just praise you and thank you, and we do. We thank you that in this time we have this technology i could i could only imagine the difficulties in connecting with each other if we didn't have the the technology that we have so we lord we do thank you we do praise you for this and we praise you for for the bible that we can we can dig into the this story about gideon and learn things that we can that we can grow from from seeing his flaws and we can grow from seeing like what you're capable of so i mean just thank you for for the wisdom that we find in the story and I uh, thank you for for the the staff that we get to come together and hang out for just a minute and then go back to our kids. But Lord, again, we just we have thankful hearts and, and just ask that you would help us to continue to let that light in, to, to pour, to let you pour into us so we can pour out to others. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for these things we ask in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Michael, thank you very much for praying. Um, guys, so as Michael's uh, praying, I know that I always leave you guys with a challenge of going out and being the light to the world. But um, I just I want to reiterate that today. Between now and next week when we're back for the podcast, um, I want to challenge to you guys to continue to, as Michael just prayed for and we talked about, um, connect with God, spend intimate, intimate time in worship with Him and, and conversation with Him. And... Um, Please continue to follow um, our daily devotionals that we have going out. Let the light in because that's what we want. We want you guys to open up and let that light in, whether it's through us sharing things, whether it's through your relationship with God. Um, we want that to continue to grow and resonate in you. Let that light in, but then the challenge is to go and let that light out. Pour that light out onto other people that need it right now. Um, mm -hmm. We're in a crazy, crazy time right now, and it doesn't look like it's going to be stopping anytime soon. So we want to challenge you guys to do that, to get creative, um, to find ways to bless other people, to find ways to show that light, the light of God that's inside of you now, to show that to the world, to the people that need it most. So until then, um, good luck. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week. Stay safe and healthy. That's right. That's right.